Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Drinking in the Pen. I am your host, Don Garcia, and today we're going to talk about something that somebody asked me um, through social media, which was a really good question and one that just I think gets asked a lot, and that is, do you need an agent? The question, of course, is to have or not to have an agent, and there's no simple way to answer that. It's not really a yes or no question. So, what is an agent? An agent is a rep for writers. We're, we're, I'm just going to refer to an agent for writers. So I have both a literary manager and an agent. So they both have very different jobs, but the ultimate goal of having both or one or the other is that in the event that you are selling a project or you get hired on a project they just help you navigate some of the terrain in terms of negotiations. Um, there's a lot of layers to the process, which I'm still just learning. But I can tell you that I'm very grateful that I have my agent. And I've had him for many, many, many years. I have the fortune of knowing him, which helps. But I will say that... Um, he is a champion of me as a person and me as a writer. And I do think that that makes a very, very big difference. My manager, she's the same way. Uh, I'm fans of them as people as well. And, you know, they work so tirelessly. And the one thing you have to remember, which sometimes I think us writers tend to forget at times, is that we're not their only client. They could never survive on our income alone. And, you know, the key is, I'm, I personally think that for me, having them in my corner has really allowed me to have more opportunities, but that doesn't mean that I don't secure opportunities on my own. You still have to hustle. Having an agent or manager or one or the other or both in no way, shape or form means that you sit on the sidelines and they do all the work because that's just not a reality and you should definitely be prepared for that so that you're not thrown off should you get an agent and you wonder what they're doing. Because you're not going to hear from them every day. Any any myth or uh, fantasy you have that every agent is like Ari from Entourage and your relationship is going to be like Ari and Vince, you should really temper that one real quick because that is not a reality in any way, shape, or form. Uh, there are moments, surely, where you will be communicating more often depending on what projects you have in, prog- in process. But at the end of the day... You know, just because you've won a few awards or, you know, you're you're being told that you're a great screenwriter, you really want them to come to you. That's the best situation um, on the whole. But you have to remember that the film industry and television industry is a business. It's not a passion project. It's not about likability. I mean, sometimes it is, but most of the time it's about sheer talent and that you can turn a profit because at the end of the day, you can be a great writer and not sell anything. And so that's when an an agent will do what's called hip pocketing, which is what I've had before as well. And that means that they're available to you should you need them, but you don't have a, a a, a, like a full contract because you haven't sold a project. So for them, you know, they're not going to sign you without having sold something because again, it is a business about making money. And profitability matters. So, um, you know, I just want to say too, like when you do have an agent, you really want to do your due diligence because there are a lot of people out there that are a little bit con artist. 
not even a little bit. There's quite a lot of them out there that are con artists. Um, maybe you won't get into a big agency and there are plenty of really, really good boutique agencies that will genuinely care about you, but you can't just accept your first offer. Like do your homework, make sure you know what projects they've been associated with, know, you know, what they're about. Of course, the advantage of a bigger agency is there's a lot more, um, like, like checkable and verifiable reputation behind the agency. And that also can make a big difference. I was with William Morris Endeavor for a long time. And now my agent is at Gersh and the attention I get is the same. And, um, his belief in me has not faltered, but having both of those agencies, they're strong agencies. And, you know, when you have an agent, I will say one of the reasons you have them is because you also have access to their creative team, their marketing team, and most importantly, their legal team. They're not going to do something um, that would put them at a disadvantage. So you also have to get your own lawyer because you want to make sure you're not at a disadvantage. But, you know, realistically, a good agent, which I'm grateful I have, is looking out for you as much as they're looking out for their company. So a couple things you need to remember is how do you get an agent? There's no, honestly, there's not an answer for that one because there's a million ways you can get an agent. I do highly recommend that you submit your screenplays to festivals because having more visibility at reputable festivals and the way you can decipher which ones are reputable reputable versus which ones are not. I mean, just again, it's going to take some research on your part, but I think Coverfly is probably one of the best platforms and um, Film Freeway is also another one, but Coverfly, I tend to lean a little bit more towards just because I'm finding that all of the festivals that you submit to are very responsive and they are, they are verified as valid and noteworthy, uh, festivals. So when you win one of those, it, it leads to more things. The other thing, of course, the benefit of that is that you have access to now, if you've won an award or you become an official selection or you're lucky enough to be part of Pitch Fest, which I was last year, you get your work in front of more studio execs and producers and people in the industry, which you would not normally have access to. So there's a great advantage to being in festivals and, and submitting on platforms like Coverfly because Coverfly works directly with um, a lot of different agencies and studios and executives. And so the other benefit of that is if you are not represented, you will get access to potential managers and agents. And that's how I got my manager was through winning a, um, a screenplay award. And then of course I ended up being very proactive and I shared it on all my social platforms and in the various film groups that I'm in and the various moms groups that I'm in. And that led to me landing a manager who truly believes in me and, um, is just a genuinely good person. And I think that that just makes a huge difference. It is another relationship in your life. So like every relationship, it needs to be nurtured. It needs to be one of respect mutually. And in this case, it needs to be mutually beneficial. So, I would like to just encourage you if you're thinking about it, make sure that, you know, your projects have sold and, uh, you know, or not sold, but that you're in the process of things and, and 
it's one thing for you to believe in your project, but you really need people in the industry to back that up and, and validate your work. Uh, I know it, it seems like a pain in the ass, but realistically, the more people you have cheering you on and supporting you as a writer, the better your chances are of getting further in this industry. I have worked for decades in this industry and I'm only now just getting a really amazing big break. And I just have to tell you that it's, it can be discouraging, but please know that this is not the industry to get into. If you think you're going to be a one hit wonder, you're going to sell a project and then everything's going to be up from there. You have to be committed to working hard every single day and on every single project. Do not compromise on that because if you're, if you're willing to compromise on that, unfortunately you're kind of a bad gamble for studios and production companies. Uh, you also need to check your ego because sometimes writers, we get it in our head that we're so great and we forget that it kind of need, we need other people to say that we're great and it is a very long process and patience and grit are highly essential and they will be your greatest asset if you can stick with it. I think that's the key, right? Is if you know what you're doing is worth it, then you just have to keep at it. Now, if you are getting negative feedback and people are saying, I don't think this is a career for you. You know, if that's a repeated theme, you need to listen to that. I feel like I've been in those positions before. And then I finally decided, you know, I'm just going to keep getting better and always in be in a state of improvement because you, you need to be constantly improving. Even when you're getting hired for jobs and you may be a produced writer, if you get to a place of complacency where you're unwilling to constantly get better and learn more and listen to other people, you're going to find yourself in a rut and you may not be hired again. And so, you know, remember that even though you might write the project, film and television, they're collaborative efforts. They are not all you. They are a mass amount of people from behind the scenes, from, you know, I mean, gosh, from the heads of development to distribution to production coordinators to grips and gaffers and you know gosh even craft services like everybody plays a part in getting a project made from paper to actual production and that's a really beautiful process but it's a long and daunting one so I I just have to encourage anybody who's listening be patient um, because it is a long process and and if you're waiting for that one big hit you know I would say don't because even if you sell a project, that doesn't mean you're going to sell another one. Don't get too comfortable ever. Like always be willing to push yourself a little further um, and, and really do have a, a trusted group of readers because it matters. And, you know, you want people to, to be on your on your side, but you also have to be mindful that people on your side are also going to give you tough love. And that's also one thing that you have to be mindful of with an agent is I like my agent because he doesn't sugarcoat. He gives it to me straight. And that means preparing me for possible disappointments and, you know, also gauging my, my, um, pay radar, right? Because I mean, the days of getting a gazillion dollars for a project are over. I mean, that's not, it's just not how the industry works anymore. Now we still need to fight as writers for fair pay and not sit on the sidelines on that one, but fair pay has to actually be fair pay. And that means equal pay in terms of the um, male and female discrepancies in this industry. It also means, you know, making sure that 
you understand when you're first getting started, you just have to really be prepared. Um, don't go off everything you read online. Just be grateful for the opportunity and then know your value, know your worth, but don't, don't shoot yourself in the foot by asking for an absurd amount. If you know, you haven't really warranted getting that amount, like you, you have to put in the work, you have to prove yourself, not just to yourself, but you have to prove yourself to this industry and you have to be a worker. Like you got to be a worker. You've got to meet deadlines. You can't, you know, don't take those for granted because deadlines are in place for a reason because there are production budgets and there are things that are really not, um, something that are within your power, but you are completely in control of that. And you want to make sure that you don't disappoint them, meet your deadlines, you know, do whatever you've got to do to make sure that you're not the person that's holding things up because as writers, you just don't want to be that person. You you want to know what battles to fight and you know how to get out of your own way. I say that a lot, but I think it's really, really true because, you know, where I am now versus where I started is completely different because I, I'm sure I had ego and cockiness and, um, just all kinds of things when I first started because I was like, okay, this is great. But realistically, (laughs) nothing is perfect. And you don't want to eat your babies as that saying goes, which means you don't want to work something to death. Uh, you got to know when to stop writing and wait for notes and take the notes and, if you already are hired by a production company, you're going to have to listen to those notes and only fight the battles that are really worth fighting because otherwise you're going to be seen as a difficult person and you you don't want that. You want to, you want to be a, a malleable writer and, and that's going to be a massive advantage because as you go on, as you get more work, as you get more projects, you know, you will start to be able to be a trusted resource for them and the projects that you really want to make that you want to see made your way, you know, you'll have a much better chance of that happening, but you have to earn that. And I, and I really want to encourage you guys to take that to heart. Um, we don't just get these opportunities for nothing, but you have to put in a lot of hard work and you cannot quit. And, and that's something that it maybe isn't something that everybody's cut out for, but that's okay. As for the question, so I don't completely go too far, too far off track having an agent or not having an agent. I am glad I have mine. Um, I don't know that I would feel that way if it was not Colin. Um, he's, he is someone that I, I I would always stick with because I trust him and, um, and I know he has my back at the end of the day and that does really matter, but I don't know how I would feel if it wasn't him and it was someone else. I, I don't know because honestly, I'd have to reestablish an entire relationship. And it's taken a long time just to establish my relationship with my literary manager. But, you know, I'm at a place now where even when I questioned it in the beginning, like, is she really working for me? Is she really looking out for me and has my best interest at heart? She's very passionate about me and what I'm doing. And that I I. I don't know that I get from somewhere else. And so at, at this moment, I'm very, very fortunate to have them on my side. Um, I also suggest having a lawyer on hand because when she starts selling projects, you really do need somebody that's going to look things over and make sure everything looks right and is right and reads right. And again, if you hire an attorney, they're, they're looking out for you. You're their, you're their client and their, uh, priority. And so, uh, a good agent will also, when you have projects, we'll, we'll make sure that they devote some time to you, but just 
remember that a, a good agent has multiple clients and so they have to divide their time up between a lot of different people and you have to be patient and don't be too needy. And I, I've been guilty of that and, and I've learned, you know, I've really learned and thankfully I didn't have to learn the hard way, but I, I have learned and I, I have to respect everyone's time, the manager, the agent, the lawyer, you know, these are all people who have work with other clients and you have to be as respectful of their time as they are of yours. And that's, that's all I want to say. So there is no clear cut answer. I think it's just dependent on you. Please just do your due diligence, do your research on people. Do not just take the first person that comes your way, uh, know who they are and what they do before you, you get in bed with the wrong people. So do your, do your research is my recommendation. And now I'm going to focus on our choose your own adventure scene. Today, I think I'm going to go old school and I'm going to focus on a specific genre. So rather than picking a song, I'm going to pick a time period. And so today I'm going to pick the 70s and I want you to write one scene that is a social activism scene where you are fighting for racial equality. And I want you to write that scene out five pages if you can three if you can't just but you got to get to at least three pages so that you can establish uh some strong dialogue some great lines of action make sure your slug lines are consistent and the second option would be writing a story about um two hippie lovers and obviously their love of the environment, their love for one another, but I want you to write a scene about a road trip they're taking. Keep it really simple, strip down, don't overcomplicate it, but I would like three pages of that. Remember, all these scenes, three pages at least, um, but it's an exercise in futility, to be honest. You got to push yourself. So the first scene would be a, a social activism scene. The second scene is going to be 70s lovers on a road trip. And the third will be between uh, uh, two siblings. Um, they can be fighting. They can be, they can be um, strategizing, whatever. But it's, it's going to be a scene between two siblings. You can do with it what you want. But all of these have to take place in the 70s. You can choose when in the 70s. But be mindful of um, how that would look, how that would sound. Um, be mindful of their mannerisms, mannerisms and things like that that are happening in, in the 70s. So that's it for today. That's your choose your own adventure scene. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I hope this grows and becomes a far more popular podcast, but I appreciate the few of you that tune in and the hundreds of you that, that do listen or download anyways. So that's it. I am Don Garcia and this is Drinking in the Pen. And I do want to add that I've launched my online store. So if you want some original merch, um, proceeds go to a portion of the proceeds go to the LA LGBT Center for Youth Outreach. And that is at drinkinginthepen.shop. Otherwise, you can find me online at Don Garcia on Instagram or dongarcia.com. Once again, my name is Don Garcia. I am a proud uh, Hispanic, Mexicana, American made girl, Los Angeles born and bred. And this is my podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye.